Good afternoon. It's Father Toby um, with you in the London studio. And I want to begin with today's gospel, which is from Matthew chapter 16. Jesus said to his followers, If anyone wants to be a follower of mine, let him renounce himself and take up his cross and follow me. For anyone who wants to save his life will lose it, but anyone who loses his life for my sake will find it. What then will a man gain if he wins the whole world and ruins his life? Or what has a man to offer in exchange for his life? For the Son of Man is going to come in the glory of his Father with his angels, and when he does, he will reward each one according to his behavior. I tell you solemnly, there are some of these standing here who will not taste death before they see the Son of Man coming with his kingdom. A big hit in my youth was Mariah Carey's You'll Always Be My Baby. As well as being a multi-million selling song, it's also a line that mothers know they can use to make their teenage sons wince in an instant. And if their friends happen to be there at the same time, the son is likely to wish that a hole would open up in the ground and swallow him and his mother, but separate holes preferably. But the Mariah Carey song I found out this morning was actually written by a country singer, Alan Jackson, for his daughter's wedding. And I'm sure she cried when she heard it and felt greater love for her father than ever. To be a child is at first a wonderful thing, a reality that we inhabit without fully comprehending what it means, or at least without being able to use language to describe it. And then it comes to be something that we rebel against. And then if we're really wise as we get older, we'll embrace it once more. Why the mention of childhood today with today's gospel? Well, it's that Chesterton book again that I've been speaking about, The Scrappy Evangelist by Father Paul Rowan. But also today is the day in the church when we celebrate the dedication of the Basilica of Santa Maria Maggiore, or St. Mary Major, in Rome. And the present basilica dates back to the 5th century, and its construction was tied to the Council of Ephesus from 431 AD, which proclaimed Mary the Theotokos, the Mother of God. And by necessary inference, if Mary was the Mother of God, it also proclaimed the divinity of Jesus and the unity of his humanity and his divinity. It's a magnificent basilica and one I spent a lot of time in, not least because it's where I went for confession. But as well as the divinity of Jesus being made apparent by the grandeur of the building and the worship for which it was built and which occurs in it, if you walk down into the crypt underneath the main altar, you come across a very large statue of Pope Pius IX kneeling in prayer. But the important thing is not the statue, but what the statue is encouraging us to do which is to kneel in prayer too before the relic of the holy crib from the Holy Land. A crib is a very earthy thing indeed, just as a human being is very earthy too. But into this crib was placed something very holy indeed, just as something very holy indeed has been placed in us by baptism. And so this great basilica invites us to celebrate the divinity of Jesus and his humanity, and that Mary is his mother, and it reminds us also 
of the divinity of Christ offered to us through the motherhood of Mary too. Something of the simultaneous transcendence and imminence of God was brought home to me as I was thinking this morning about one of the priests who I saw regularly for confession in this basilica. I was thinking of how this man was an instrument of God's mercy to me, but was also a man with whom I shared a glass of wine on a number of occasions and a cigar on one. That's more important than I've previously realized. But back to the childhood of Jesus. Well, when he went missing on the way back from Jerusalem, he was found in what he called his father's house. And he didn't cease to speak of his father when he grew up. Jesus, as a grown man, speaks of God the Father and that it is his will to do the will of his Father. He is eternally in relation to God the Father as the Father is to him. There can be no father without a son and no son without a father. We will always be the children of our parents, even as we grow up and they die. That's a beautiful reality that even after they die, we do not cease to be their children. And it's also a beautiful reality that by baptism, we become sons and daughters of God. And we speak of baptism being indelible, by which we mean that our being children of God is a reality that cannot be undone. And please God, we will never wish for it to be undone. To be fully alive, we have to keep something of this awareness of our childhood alive in us. Chesterton, in his depression, realized that his existence was not a necessary fact. His parents might not have met, they might not have married. So many other factors make it more likely that he would not exist, and yet he did. And because his existence was not something necessary and not something that he could bring about for himself, he realized it was a gift. He was a creature and he was part of a marvellous creation, a glorious multi-layered cosmos. Chesterton particularly loved this aspect of the spirituality of St. Francis, his great love for all God's creation and his deep affinity with it, such that he could speak of brother sun, sister moon. And yet as St. John Paul II recognised in one of his poems, I am created and yet not like the rest of creation. In the poem, he recounts stopping full of wonder before a waterfall, and he's even more full of wonder because he recognizes that the waterfall, wondrous as it is, does not wonder. To be fully conscious of the glory of all creation, one has to be fully human, and to be human and not be conscious of this is to be less than one can be. As Chesterton noted, the world does not want for wonders, but for want of wonder. We see a box to break up and put in the recycling bin. The child sees opportunity, the child sees a fortress, a spaceship. We expect that they will grow out of it, but perhaps we need to grow back into it. The child does not exist in a state of fear for their lives, although quite properly, that very often means that we have to do some of that worrying for them. But it's also the case that for us as adults, a, a preoccupation with staying safe can lead us to existing rather than living. 
And that's part of the paradox of today's gospel. To save our lives, we have to be prepared to lose them. That child who lay in that crib before which the statue of Pope Pius IX now kneels would die for the sake of love. And because he never stopped loving, he was never separated from the source of his existence, which is love itself. And that's the challenge that our faith lies down before us, to enter into the crib of Jesus rather than stay behind the bars of self-interest and self-preservation, to recognize that our being is not a gift which God will take away so long as we respect the giver of the gift and the nature of the gift. And the giver and the nature of the gift is love. To love is to be truly free, to be free from death and to be free from fear. To love is to be able to give thanks for the things of this world without living in fear of losing them. To be able to sing the great canticle of creatures along with St. Francis and to know the goodness and the love of the one who created them, who created me, who created you. And so as I finish speaking, now with confidence, we can pray as St. Francis did as we listen to his great canticle of the creatures. Most high, all-powerful, precious God No spoken word can hold your name Praise be to you who births all life With all your creatures Especially you, sir, brother, son Who is the day and is your life Spirit, there you are. 
gift of life Pure, essential, there you are There you are Praise be to you, my Lord, you are Brother of fire Friend through the night Strong and playful There you are There you are We are.